This is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra. And Kelsey. With Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. We just completed our second 200-hour Yoga and Ayurveda teacher training of the year. We had a lovely group of ladies from all over Japan. It was fun to watch their minds calm down with the food prepared, the principles of Ayurveda. And one of the ladies indicated having difficulty remembering things for most of her life. So we mentioned that we had a churna, a powdered herb formula for focus and memory. The particular blend calms vata dosha. So she and some other students and our translator started taking it and felt the difference in a few days. It assists them to understand and retain the course content, which is helpful. Now we're, we're preparing for our new programs this year, and we have a few. The Ayurvedic chef training, Ayurvedic treatment training, a woman's health immersion, and more. With some relaxation, beach time, and nice hikes with the pups. Looking ahead, we have a great year coming up. Everything we plan is to share the light and living of Ayurveda and yoga. In between our educational trainings and immersions on Kauai, we host private guests for Ayurvedic treatments and yoga immersions. And we actually have a lovely couple from Australia here right now for a dosha balancing treatment. So far, they've had vata calming oil treatments, energetic body work, energy healings, localized bastis, which are done using a dough dam that holds warm oil on a particular area of the body. And they've also had shirodara. It's, it has been a full year so far. Two trainings, and then we have private guests and treatment guests. And we've gone through periods where we work six or seven days a week. Even so, we experience increased clarity and maintenance of health. This surprises many people, and they wonder how we do it. Some of the new farmers we have were just recently asking. And I must admit, the first few times I assisted our teacher trainings, I was exhausted and ready for a break afterward. It is possible to have work fill us up rather than drain us. Our dinacharya is the key reason we can sustain and enhance our well-being with a full work life. Dinacharya is the daily routine, and ours includes pranayama, meditation, asana, caring for the agni, our digestive fire, and our intuitive energy practice. A conscious attitude and cultivating spiritual connection throughout the day is what makes the difference, and though all of those tools help us do that. Incorporating those practices into my life seemed like wishful thinking to me in the beginning. My day already seemed so full, but shifting my priorities actually enhanced the effectiveness and efficiency of my work, and I had more time for study and personal endeavors. Now I enjoy all aspects of my life much more. All of the practices are important. The intuitive energy practice is so powerful for keeping us clear and balanced and grounded on a moment-to-moment basis. The interconnection and relaxation that it gives brings immediate rejuvenation. We can shift our energy faster than we can snap our fingers. But we'll come back to this later because 
it is part of our Dinacharya. So as I mentioned, Dinacharya is the daily routine. Both Ayurveda and yoga emphasize the importance of a consistent routine of self-care. This includes a prayer and warm water upon rising, scraping the tongue, brushing the teeth, Gandusha Snehan, which is swishing sesame oil in the mouth, Abhyanga, oiling the body, and bathing before moving on with the day. Then Pranayama, meditation, and asana, and a walk with the dogs. But of those first three, the pranayama and meditation are really the most transformative. I started to say the spiritual practices of pranayama, meditation, and asana, but ideally all of life is a spiritual endeavor. If it's not, then we really have to ask ourselves, what are we doing? Practiced before 6 a.m. during the freshness of the morning, the pranayama and meditation set the tone for the day and align our thinking and energy with the natural rhythm of nature. Occasionally, I have less time, so I choose to do as close to a regular pranayama practice as I can, and then only one or two asana. Myra, I remember seeing you sometimes do only one or two poses during a training, and thinking, how in the world could you only do one or two asana? Uh, now I understand that the focus that comes from pranayama and meditation allows for greater depth in everything, including asana and that more is not needed. In my case, I was doing more asana, but it was sh quite shallow. Pranayama and meditation are what facilitated the depth in my asana practice, and my ability to move through life has also enhanced as a result. Yeah. Asana plays a wonderful part in cultivating connection to the body. The poses clear, stagnant energy, which allows us to sit more comfortably in meditation. But the asana themselves, you know, they take care of the body, and the body is our tool for this life. And we really need to remember that, that um, it needs to be uh, taken care of as if it's a gift. So ideally, one would practice daily. Even 10 to 15 minutes supports the movement of energy. Talking about these practices and dinacharya in general reminds me that everything we do matters, that we're holistic beings, and everything we do moves us toward our truth or away from it. I like to check in with myself periodically to be sure that I'm spending my time in alignment with my priorities. Making choices that support balanced agni, or digestion, supports us mentally, physically, and spiritually. Now, Agni is the energy that's available to digest our food and our life experience. So when Agni is balanced, we have the ability to digest our experiences as they come up, and then we can be present in life. It supports our ability to handle stressful situations, to stay out of worry, to stay out of resentment, or excessive planning. On a physical level, balanced, well-functioning Agni supports our, our immunity and our vitality. Life has ebbs and flows. I think we've all discovered that. Mm -hmm. Balanced Agni keeps us in a healthy space when life gets busy so that we can be flexible and adaptable and then we don't need to be sick. I remember I used to get sick every month and I was surprised when you said that I didn't have to get sick all the time. If you clean up the digestive environment and let your emotions come and go, then colds can be a thing of the past. I've had many clients who are exposed to sick children eliminate 
this regular cold by properly taking care of the agony. R really simple things, even if the food isn't perfect. We'd like the food to get so that it's a real gift, but it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect to make big improvements. A balanced digestive tract provides adequate energy throughout the day. We do have a podcast episode specifically about Agni that details some practices and tips on eating for a healthy digestive fire. Mm -hmm. That all reminds me about how matter follows consciousness, which means our body and energy body will follow what's going on in our mind and with our attitude, the most important aspects. Yes, our attitude plays the most significant role in whether we are drained by an activity or rejuvenated by it. It dictates our energy and how we use it. Whether it's work or anything else we do, thinking we have to do something, or pushing and forcing ourselves through something, or being resentful about it because we want to be doing other things, this will cut off our energy, clutter up our mental space, and restrict the flow of our prana. Agitation, irritation, impatience, and anger, they all deplete our energy. Rather than looking at life activities this way, we can choose to look at it as an opportunity to learn more about ourselves and to be of service to others. You know, the Bhagavad Gita, which is one of the main texts of yoga, has a chapter about selfless service. And in it, Krishna says that action is better than inaction and that it's best to act selflessly without any attachment to personal profit. He goes on to say that in selfless service, you'll always be fruitful and find some fulfillment. So one could say that it doesn't matter what we do for work, whether it's teaching yoga, picking up trash, or telephone sales. If we do it with an attitude of acceptance and service, giving it our best, we'll experience fulfillment. And that energizes and rejuvenates us. When we operate with this approach, we're being of service not only to ourselves and those immediately around us, but to our community and to the whole planet. I love that section of the Bhagavad Gita. It reminds me of something I learned when I first started working with you early on, and that's just to do my best to contribute in any situation. When any of us do that, our best is really enough. That's right. It's enough. <laughs> we always, you know, we, we, we think, oh, I could do a better job. But the truth is, is that we really do the best we can in any moment. But if our attitude is one that says, I'm going to be fully present in my life, then we real, our best will look very different. Mm -hmm. Another important way to maximize our energy is consciously cultivating spiritual connection throughout the day. By recognizing that everything is changing except the unchanging eternal spirit within us, it becomes much easier to approach each day with a fresh perspective. And this is how we grow spiritually, to be able to realize that unchanging part of us and be in the world of change with that perspective. And it is the practices that help us move out that energy that gets in the way of our ability to do that. With so much happening in life, moment to moment, how do you cultivate your spiritual connection? Well, I take the awareness that I have, yeah, and so that awareness develops over time. When we make the effort with our attitude, 
to be more present and conscious, just like that, then our awareness will increase. Oh, I did do that. Oh, I did say something a certain way. But then the next step is the most important. I have to be willing to shift to another perspective. So sometimes, rather than being caught up in the details of something, I need to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And I need to learn to do that easily and regularly. I like sometimes how you'll say to take it and put it across the street and look at it from there. That's right, yeah. Because otherwise, you know, things get right up in our face where we can't see anything but that. And we need to be able to, to, to see things beyond what looks like the big problem in our face. So this has taken a lot of practice and a lot of surrender of self-will and uh, something I continue to have to do on a regular basis. But using the intuitive energy practice to manage my energy is is really the key and that's what I use for that's what I use that practice for working from the center of my head and learning to have neutrality was one of the main keys for that neutrality it was a word that I actually didn't even know prior to <laughs> the energy tools that we use here yeah I used to think that that my strong opinions about things meant that I was a strong person and then after I came to Ayurveda and yoga, I found out that, no, it meant I had a strong ego, which wasn't <laughs> necessarily that helpful. Okay, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the intuitive energy practice. Hale Pule's Ayurvedic chef training provides comprehensive educational experience on how to use the healing power of food as an Ayurvedic chef. We teach how to practice the principles of Ayurveda in personal and commercial kitchens to bring health and wholeness to every body. This training is ideal for Ayurvedic health counselors and practitioners who want to better support clients' eating habits, or for anyone looking to become a personal Ayurvedic chef, run a catering business, prepare healing food at a spa or wellness center, or simply enhance their family's eating habits. Visit halepule.com for details. We're back. We've been talking about how to maximize energy and increase clarity and vitality at all times in life, including the busier times. You mentioned the intuitive energy practice as tools to manage energy in life. Can you describe them? Sure. (laughs) Intuitive energy practice is a group of tools for consciously taking charge of our energy. It helps us become more aware of our energy and ourselves so we can learn how to respond rather than react in life. As a result, we can take responsibility for ourselves moment by moment. It improves our relationships, particularly with ourselves. We can start to see the truth of things. It's a way to consciously work with the mind and the aura, which is our energy field, to clear samskara which are memories or impressions from the past. The result is being able to be present in life, which makes everything get better. Then it supports all of the other spiritual practices for our growth. The physical body is happier as prana, which is our life force, flows. We feel better then. Mm -hmm. The ability to respond rather than react was a skill that I had to learn and these practices help that, especially in my interactions with my family. 
the tools allow me to retain a sense of self as well as patience and acceptance with my family members choices and actions the other week a client said that her emotions run her life and she called that a bummer and I talked to her about using the intuitive energy practice so that she can learn to let her emotions come and go and not have them dictate her whole day it was a new thought for her and she was excited at the possibility of not being ruled by emotions Myra, can you share how you originally came to the practice? Sure. I was introduced to these tools by friends at the Berkeley Psychic Institute and the Asclepion Healing Center in Northern California. And that was in the early 1990s. And it was a time in my life when I was finally accepting that I couldn't control others. I was, um, I was unhappy in my marriage, and I was in the process of healing a lot of childhood wounds. It changed my life dramatically to realize I could have some control over my energy and how I felt, which made it easier for me to give up the illusion of controlling others. You know, the tools are really simple, and they're purely for the purpose of spiritual growth. So I use them all day, every day. And we teach them to others because they make such a difference in people's lives. Whether learning to cook, provide Ayurvedic treatments, or learning how to teach yoga. They're especially helpful when we train yoga teachers. I can direct them to use the tools to clear insecurity and doubt so that they can maximize their practice teaching sessions and be better prepared to teach an actual class or student. Another example is that recently I had the opportunity to step in and stop a disagreement between two people. And I was really grateful that I could do that and remain grounded and keep my aura whole so that I could offer solution without feeling like I was dragged through it myself. In the past, a situation like that would have left me exhausted afterward because of nervousness at stepping in and then about how the others thought about me stepping in. Um, But this time I felt well before, during, and after. Free from headaches, crying, stomach aches, any of that, uh, which I experienced with similar situations in the past. And, you know, just the ability to observe, you know, what was really happening. The ladies were taking things personally, feeling victimized by what the other was doing. And the resentment caused tension and then disagreement. And all of those things characterized my life prior to learning and practicing yoga, Ayurveda, and the meditation tools. The intuitive energy practice is actually one of the reasons I appreciate our yoga teacher training so much. The training I completed in India taught me the mechanics, but I came back feeling pretty insecure and fearful, even more so than before I went to the training, uh, because I had the added stress of being a new teacher. I get to see you know, people utilize those tools in the process of learning to teach and move beyond those earlier than I was able to. Mm-hmm. I like to remind my clients and students that the more we take care of ourselves energetically, And physically, healing on all levels comes easily, and then we can live a more balanced life and experience love on a daily basis. You know, when we make a decision to heal, then we allow our energy to move. Without this decision, we stay stuck. We'll stay stuck in a particular perspective, a pattern, or some memory. And the tools help us maintain clarity on a moment-to-moment basis and to keep a sense of humor about it 
so that we can make good decisions that take us in the direction we want to go rather than you know sitting in a hole sometimes that people end up doing. One of the most common challenges I see with my clients is RAG, which is attachment and addiction. It is truly being in prison. No matter what the focus of our attachment, alcohol, drugs, food, people, sex, gambling, you name it, there's all kinds, anything really would be possible. You know, we've talked previously about the Mahagunas of Sattva, which is balance and harmony, Rajas, which is activity, and when there's too much, it leads to disturbance, and then Tamas, which is the darkness or inertia. So when the mind has too much tamas and rajas and not enough sattva, anyone can get caught in rag, in an addiction or attachment, and it causes suffering. Recently I gave a presentation at a conference in India about using the intuitive energy practice as a support for overcoming what's called the kleshas, which are the obstacles in life. And rag, addiction and attachment, is one of these five kleshas. Ayurveda and yoga give us a foundation and a framework for sane and balanced living and a joy-filled, loving life. Intuitive energy practice incorporated with the principles of Ayurveda and yoga support us to move forward on our path. We can develop the ability to access our intuitions so that we know our next right steps. We can learn to be present which makes it possible to participate in the great opportunities that get placed in front of us. In 2009, a Japanese company emailed me asking me to do yoga teacher trainings for them. And their email looked like spam, and I started to delete it. <laughs> and then I felt there was something to it, so I responded, and we've been working together since. That ability to sense something I was meant to do in life and take action on it is a result of working with my energy on a regular basis using the intuitive energy practice. And for those who this is new for, we have a free download of the basic tools of intuitive energy practice on our website, hollypule.com. Practicing a couple times a week will have you become comfortable with the tools, so then you can draw on them in everyday life outside of the actual audio. With these tools, I've learned how to live my life in a way that is much more purposeful and enjoyable most of the time. And when I don't feel that way, I have come to learn that I can shift my energy to come to a place of samtosha or contentment and the knowingness that all is well. And I, one of the things that, that I'll share often is I don't feel like I'm waiting for my next vacation anymore. Vacations used to be my escape from the difficulty I had dealing with daily life and relationships. And now, life is a whole lot more fun, and I like to be in it. When we stay connected inside, then we can be current in our lives and present in our lives. It's the greatest joy of all. You know, the aging process is very different when we keep ourselves current in life. We don't have many of the symptoms that are typically associated with aging when we free ourselves from things, whether it's something that bothers us or some resentment we're carrying or something, our, our negative attitude. We can let go of all that. 
Instead, we can feel greater ease and flow and clarity and knowingness as we age. There's a beauty in living life and aging, and working with the tools allows us to take in that beauty and to put it back out to the world. Living in joy and peace is quite a gift. Connection with the unchanging part of myself that is eternal spirit has me understand that I am an energetic being in a body. And conducting my life with this awareness continues to bring depth and meaning and energy that I didn't know was possible. So that's how I personally experience it. Thanks, Myra. It's definitely a different perspective on living a full life in aging. One that I'm so grateful to be exposed to and you know, take that inspiration and use it in my own life and practice. But that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach for your balance, we are here on Kauai offering consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at HaleePule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halipule. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.